We have to go back! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And with Shang-Chi making his debut to the MCU and theaters, we decided it was a great time to take a look back at Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the 2000 just iconic movie. I can't believe it took me first off this long to watch this movie. You had uh, never seen it before? I had never seen it oh, before. That, that changes things. That changes things. And I didn't know Michelle Yeoh mm-hmm. is in Shang-Chi. Yeah, yeah. It's all connected. I saw her in the trailer. I was just like, wait a, wait a sec. Wait a second. And so, yeah. Again, welcome to the podcast where we accidentally sometimes totally nail it. Totally nail it. And also, um, I think... If there was ever an episode to make this disclaimer, we have never been great about <laughs> pronunciation. And I don't anticipate that changing in this episode. So some some grace. We're, we're doing our best. But um, yeah, we're not going to get them all right. All right. Yeah. I said it. I said it. <laughs> now now yeah, we can move and- forward. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with this amazing movie, uh, it is the story of a young Chinese warrior uh, who steals a sword from a famed swordsman and then escapes into a world of romantic adventure with a mysterious man in the frontier of the nation. Uh, it is a film by Ang Lee, and the production of this is so fascinating to me. Uh, so Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is actually based on a Chinese novel of the same name by Wang Dulu. But here's the crazy thing to me. This is the fourth part of a book series, of a five-part book series called A Pentology. Uh, And the pentology is called The Crane Iron. So just basically imagine this. Imagine if someone just made a one-off movie about, like, the fourth Harry Potter book. Like, I mean, that's when things and, really get dark, so I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> but they and they only tell you what's what the absolute most important information is. Uh, and so that completely blew me away. Uh, it also excited me because I'm like, I'm so glad that there is more material to get into because after this, I was like, I have so many more questions. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that far into the story, but that's just good filmmaking then to start the story as late as possible. Uh, yep. Even though you have all of this other backstory you could have pulled from. And, and so our lead uh, uh, characters, I mean, it's really an ensemble cast, but the two main people who we focus on is uh, Master uh, Li Mubai and uh, Yushu Lin. And they, in the series, are like minor characters, or at the very least secondary characters, throughout the whole series. And it's like, it's so fascinating that they were able to form this whole story with them being the focus. And they they just got so so many amazing talented people who did their own stunts like all the actors on screen they're just you see them and then they're fighting and it's them fighting the only CGI that was used was to remove the wires that was holding them up because they essentially fly throughout this right. whole movie and uh, Michelle Yeoh uh, didn't work for a year before filming so she could 
concentrate on training and learning Mandarin. Uh, everyone speaks oh. a, a different uh, dialect of Mandarin. Uh, and to the point where I want to say it, it became kind of difficult to understand uh, in uh, some Chinese markets that they actually there's a dub of this movie, even though it is already in Mandarin. So uh, mm. I thought that was very interesting. I uh, see. Yeah, I've definitely had movies like that, especially like Irish films where they are speaking yeah. English. But you're like, I got to turn the subtitles on because I just right. uh, like intermission, I think, is a good example of that where you're like, <laughs> I I know, but I can't. I just don't know. So that's, that's yep. interesting that even within the same movie, they were having that. Yeah, that's like pretty much any BBC show. I start. I'm like, all right, let's get these captions <laughs> on. And then <laughs> two or three episodes in, I'm like, OK, I, I got it. I get it. Uh, so this was directed by Ang Lee, uh, who at the time was primarily known for doing, I think he did uh, Sense and Sensibility, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, he, so he did Sense and Sensibility in 1995. Uh, he went on to go do Life of Pi. Uh, but wow. basically, he pitched this movie to uh, Michelle Yeoh as basically Sense and Sensibility, but with martial arts. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. <laughs> and also, if I could go back in time and just like make an investment, you know, sure, yep. maybe I would put money in Apple, maybe. Mm -hmm. But if I yeah. really wanted to make my money back quickly, I'd mm -hmm. go back to 1998. I'd invest in uh, cinematic wire technology <laughs> and I'd say, hey, Matrix, hey, Crouching Tiger, listen to this. And um, I'd. Then I'd come back to the present and see how I would, had changed the timeline. Wire yes. technology. Wires everywhere. I, re I remember around the time that this came out, I was starting to get into theater as well. And even theaters were using wire technology more than you would ever yep. expect. Everyone was doing Peter Pan, just floating mm -hmm. around. And so yep. it's like wires got invented in the late 90s. <laughs> And we're like, we're going to turn our actors into marionette puppets. And it works. Yep. It just works. Yes. It really does. Uh, Ang Lee describes this film as a dream of China that probably never existed. Uh, and, and I love that. I really, yeah. really love the the portrayal of this era. Um, I think uh, it's um, I, I, what, uh, I, 1400s, I think, is what uh, some of the uh, po uh, posters that they had in the film were dating to. And uh, and so it's this kind of bygone era that you still that's still very real. Um, I was mm -hmm. I should say, uh, and it's just the, the 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 care, the quality and care that put, went into this film was just phenomenal. So um, something else that is very interesting to me uh, is that uh, we have what one of our other protagonists, Jen, played by uh, Ziyi Zhang. Uh, we've seen her before in Rush Hour 2. Uh, mm. She's in Rush Hour 2, uh, and she is one of the villain characters. Uh, she, prior to this movie, never fought. She is more traditionally known as a dancer. That makes sense. And so she just used her dancing knowledge and her approach to dancing as her main you know, method to like get all the choreography down. And it's it that that just doesn't that just doesn't seem fair, I, I should say. It's just she just did it and it was amazing. Oh, there's and there's just so much more to talk about this movie. But uh I mean it's 
it's just a feast for the eyes. And they did all of this, Grayson, with a budget of $17 million. That's not a lot of millions for what they did. No. Like, that's a small cost to be able to have people fly Mm. and, like, land in trees and do all of these other insane things. Uh, And this movie opened up in the Keynes Film Festival uh, in May of the 2000s. Then it went on to have a limited release in Taiwan uh, and mainland China and then in Hong Kong. And then finally, it was released in the United States. Across all of its release, it went on to make over $213 million wow. worldwide. That's incredible. Uh, well, And critical acclaim as well. Won four Oscars for Best Cinematography, Best Music Original Score, Best Art Direction, Set Direction, and Best Foreign Language Film, but was also nominated for a slew of other Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Director for Ang Lee, Best Writing Screenplay Based on Material Previously Produced or Published. So now that's just Adapted Screenplay. They've got some writing editors on the name of that award, which is probably appropriate. Uh, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, and Best Music Original Song. Um, And that's just the Oscars. I mean, duplicate that for uh, Golden Globes, where they won Mm -hmm. Best Foreign Language Film. Um, They also won Best Director. And then Best Original Score, they were nominated um, and that, but BAFTAs, all of it. I mean, this movie. What was the total count on awards? So won four Oscars, uh, another ninety-eight wins, and hundred and thirty-four nominations <sighs> for various awards. I remember when this came out, and it just blew the doors off everything. Especially Western yep. cultures had never seen anything like this. So this was, and the reason that we're doing this for Shang Chi is, this really did introduce a different style of filmmaking, a different a range of subject matter to audiences that otherwise would not have been exposed to it. And I'm excited to see that done at a superhero level now. Um, But when this movie came out, it was such a cultural phenomenon. What's amazing to me Mm -hmm. is that they waited so long to build on that franchise, right? Like it wasn't until 2016 that I think Netflix produced produced, uh, Sword of Destiny and Mm -hmm. uh, continued on with this story. And Michelle Yeoh came back for that and, and they kept building it. But this, like, I feel like if it had the success that it had then today, it would have been, all right, you're going to be getting a Crouching Tiger movie every year for the next decade. Um, but yeah. what they did was just incredible. Absolutely. A lot of people in the early 2000s, first exposure to this kind of fighting was in The Matrix, which is no surprise because uh, Yu Ping Yun was the fight choreographer for both The Matrix oh. and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like, my move is you have uh, to be drinking tea and fight with one arm. <laughs> oh man, yeah, and it's uh, it, it's just it did such a uh, you know we when we were reviewed uh, Charlie's Angels. I know we talked about how fun that wire fighting sequence was, uh, and you know they they were definitely paying homage to what was happening with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, because we got we got shown something that was so fantastical, but also uh, so believable with me never seeing it. I was expecting it to be not this movie, because, again, traditionally with action movies, people think about just a, a lot of fight sequences with minimal setup. Like, they'll set up uh, even Rush Hour, a, a movie that we both really enjoyed. Um, you you have a lot of action, like, pretty much every 10 or 
15 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. You have some kind of fight or action scene happening uh, just to keep the pace and the adrenaline of the uh, environment. This movie takes so much time giving you backstory and motivation for characters that I've literally never seen any other action movie do. I just haven't. Yeah, I, I, I would I would criticize other movies for doing this, but I don't know how they were able to do this, but they did this really well. The movie full on stops and gives you a backstory to an entire different uh, movie, basically. Yeah, it's like if Space Jam was like, <laughs> I didn't know Lowe was in this picture. And then you go back and you see all of Lowe match that to Bill right. Murray's backstory, obviously. So, yeah, but I appreciate right. that. It made me think, I was like, what if, what if they had started the movie with that, how that would have changed yeah. everything and it's more linear. But then you start to realize, no, that's just not, that's not the style. And that's not the most interesting part or start of the movie to have this guy come in when we know she's about to be married to someone else. You're like, oh, twist. And so that's a really right. artful way of building those twists and also makes you appreciate um, those great directors that have emulated this and and used this in mm -hmm. other films like Tarantino very influenced by this style of movie and does the exact yes. same thing for both Kill Bill films so you start to understand mm -hmm. the language and and you're like oh that was a representation of this that and there and you start to become more film literate whenever you just right. sit back and watch a film of this caliber i feel like this movie is uh, a perfect <laughs> example of like you you come for the the fight scenes and then you stay for the story because it's it's a romance story. It's mm -hmm. kind of like when we were viewing uh, Coming to America. It's like, oh, you think you're going to get this comedy, but you also get this beautiful love story. And it's just so they, they just did like at the end of the movie. I'm rooting for everyone. <laughs> I'm rooting for literally everyone, even the villain who is like the villain villain of the movie. I'm like. Oh man, like I feel bad for them. Like yeah, I, everyone has a very clear perspective. You understand why they're yeah. doing what they're doing. And and the fighting is just uh it, I know we've mentioned this before when we have reviewed Fast and the Furious of like I think Fast and the Furious is a musical and <laughs> the racing are the musical numbers. It's the same with with this movie. Like all the fight scenes are musical numbers and and any point of uh high emotional intensity a fight sequence happens. Uh, and it's and you're fighting people uh, who are like at the best of their fighting because you, you, for a lot of movies you have uh, fight sequences where it's just like oh, okay this is kind of one sided you know kind of thing like uh, like Thor in any Marvel movie I'm just like is this a really fair fight like is is it is this going to be a challenge for Thor uh, and, but then you have like two Thors just fighting each other it's like oh, oh okay oh oh my goodness like every punch has a counter um uh, every move is just being dodged i was just it was just mesmerizing and, and one of my favorite scenes in this movie is just when they are fighting in the trees and they are just like flying and just kind of balancing on this tree when the disorientation of going upside down and then floating with them you're like that's what it would feel like uh, several times throughout the script uh angley mentioned i know that i don't have a fight scene described here just know it will be the best thing you have ever seen it will be the best fight sequence you will ever see the old neil flynn janitor says something 
<laughs> he has it in the script, and and he delivers best you'll ever see. Okay, I can't. I honestly cannot imagine describing that to someone. Just like, okay, two human beings are fighting in a tree, and they're just hanging out. It was just so good. So, oh, so it's animated, right? It, you're pitching me an animated. Oh, nope. No. Not, not what I said. Not what I said at all. You saw this before, yeah. so I'd love to hear uh, your perspective. So I saw this on DVD when it first came out. I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it in DVD. Uh, in DVD. On DVD. Um, because I, I was pretty limited in what I was allowed to watch when I was a kid growing up. And this has no real like language in it right no cursing i should say so right it's pg-13 like the most you get is a mm-hmm. little bit of sensuality with the Logen story and you you get a lot of violence at the end but everything else is i mean like bloody violence right like gore when it like right. goes through or um everything else is very controlled martial arts and like a different thing which was acceptable i guess <laughs> i don't know but in terms of like if you should like sit a kid down and watch this it's kind of a coin toss but it it doesn't have like gritty language or anything that a kid's going to pick up and so i was at the age when it came out where i was like yeah i, I can sit down and watch a completely subtitled movie i'm i'm willing to guess that this was probably the first completely subtitled film i saw growing up um mm-hmm. i just remember it being like i had never i had never seen anything like this before and i know general audiences had the same feel of like i've never seen anything at this level in terms of cinematography and choreography but for me like it was a complete re uh set on what i could expect from a film and what films could deliver yeah so this was a huge movie for me i like i said i haven't gone back and rewatched it a ton i'm it's why i pushed for it to be uh the film that we did this week because i i'm hoping i haven't seen it obviously uh but shang chi will do a similar thing in saying hey you can tell stories a different way with different subject matter and uh, just really be supported by uh, the source material, right? Like going to the book and and being like, all right, what is the strongest story from like those five mm-hmm. books? All right, story four, great. And not just being like, all right, we got five stories. We're going to milk these out in order. I just really respect the, yeah. the way that they treat the material. And like you said, it's a really uh, kind of slow burn at points but it gives each of the fights meaning i think that was new for me too especially coming fresh off the matrix like the matrix was great about uh letting you know why they were fighting or what they were fighting for in that first movie right like you understand it's for training or they're pushing the bounds of this world like all of that was in it and this definitely has that um to i'd say an even greater degree because to be able to alternate between this is a heavy dialogue scene to a heavy action scene there, you can't separate the two uh, because the dialogue gives the action purpose. Um, and what happens in the fight scene then is the catalyst for what they're then going to talk about in the next scene. So every piece of this is so connected and balanced. Um, and coming from, you know, uh, being being a child of the late 80s and all, and all that, like, I feel like there was such a uh, go, go, go action feel to, like, quote, action films that I grew up with to be like, well, they're talking a lot in this movie uh, and I'm reading a lot and all of that. It was a completely new experience for me. So, um, yeah, I, I just I recognize and appreciate everything that this movie did for 
films moving forward, but also just in my own development, it was incredibly important. And so uh, this is the kind of film that is like, yeah, keep this on the shelf for sure. And like, make sure that when your kids are old enough or you think that they're old enough for it, like don't miss this movie because it really does um, elevate that kind of cinematic understanding of, of what a movie can do and what a movie should do and the patience of story. It's a tight two hours, like exactly at two. I think it's like two hours, five seconds or eight seconds. I think the Sony logo is the only thing that like adds that second, but it is exactly two hours. And the the journey they go on in that time is so expansive. Um, and yes. it may feel slow at times, but they are using every single moment. Um, so I, I was going to ask Ricky, did you watch it with audio dub or did you watch it with subtitles? I watched it with subtitles mm-hmm. and, uh, and it was, it was great. Yeah. And, and something, cause I, I used to watch, um, a lot of anime, uh, back in the day, but I've just been like super busy lately. Uh, but, uh, and so it was, it was kind of like, I, I felt like I was being transported back to the early two thousands. Cause that's when I watched a lot of anime, uh, subtitled, content and you start getting into this rhythm of it because i remember when i was first watching subtitles i was just like i'm missing the whole movie but then like your your field of view kind of opens up to like read it at the same time as you're watching it it's kind of it almost feels like you're speed reading and it's like okay yeah yeah i get it i get it because there's so much uh texture on every scene that i was like oh i really hope i don't miss out on a lot of these visuals but they they leave time for that like they're just expansive settings that you're just like wait this is on earth like these vistas that we're looking at are on planet earth this is beautiful like the desert gang people and then they went into that cave and i'm like this is this is a gorgeous flip that cave <laughs> gorgeous environment yeah uh, no, exactly. When I think just the performances, like I, I can't do the audio dubs. I, I have to have the subtitles because I want to hear the intonation that the mm. the actors and the director and really the editor all all agreed on as this is the the core performance. Um, but I, I was curious because yeah. you know you, you have the option always with those. It's just deeply cool, right? Like that's what I really remember <laughs> right? about this movie being like I don't remember a lot of the plot. But I remember it is a deeply cool movie. I think even when I saw it as as a kid, that I knew that this was maybe a little above my head. Um, like I, I, I maybe wasn't picking everything up in the subtitles or, or whatever. I wasn't getting the nuance of the relationships and definitely not the political implications that they talk about um, historically in this movie. So I, I don't know. I was able to reappreciate all that. And, and in a lot of ways, it felt like I was watching it for the first time. But then when they were you know, flying and fighting, it was definitely a there you are, Peter moment of like, yeah, this is <laughs> this is really what I uh, what I remember. But yeah, just incredible start yeah. to end. Never in a movie. And I can say this confidently. Have I seen so many people get slapped with the sword in the face? Uh, yeah, uh, just, you know, uh, Sword slaps per capita. I think this movie has it. So, uh, if if that's something that you're looking for, it's it's this movie for sure. Yeah, 
It's like it's be like the the equivalent of getting like pistol whipped like consistently, which you really only <laughs> see that like one or two times in a movie. Yeah, uh, and it's yeah, and it's very much called out. But this is like no, there's just so many different ways. They're they're skilled in every aspect of using the sword, including the non lethal ways, which is hey, listen to yeah. me, slap slap. <laughs> Uh, and because this movie took place in um, in this uh, bygone era, uh, unfortunately, and I, and I can say this with co- great confidence, I did not see one single headcanon. Headcanon. Uh, headcanon is a part of the show where we like to share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Um, with, I mean, this was, I mean, first off, I just watched this movie. I'm just like, oh, my emotions. Yeah. Uh, but then... Uh, doing the research and uh hearing angley doing sense and sensibility uh uh and also saying it was going to be sense and sensibility but with kung fu uh my headcanon is that in the crouching tiger hidden dragon universe there is also a martial arts version of pride and prejudice and uh emma and all of the other jane austen uh collection of stories and that's the closest that I can get to it because I want I want it to be real. I want I want Ang Lee to full on literary literarily adapt uh not only the rest of the Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon uh novels, but also all of the other Jane Austen hmm. stories. That's that's what that's my headcanon and also a, a please Ang Lee. Like to, yeah. Please. Pretty please. There was an idea. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that a lot. Um I got so wrapped up in this story that headcanon was very difficult for me. And then right? I just, um, I shot for the moon, literally. My headcanon is that this takes place <laughs> in the future on a colonized moon colony. Uh, said colony too many times. That's why they're able to move like they do. Uh, this is just a very far, they have terraformed it to look like a more beautiful version of Earth. Um, wow. and it follows similar premise to like the, the Apple TV plus for all mankind. This is a world where China has won the space race and they have colonized the moon. Um, and this is what it's like. This is, this is how it is. And it's affected the fighting style that I, I went off the deep end with that one for sure. Um, my other headcanon then for the moon. was because this movie shares so many, um, ideals of like Buddhist wisdom, which is very similar to the Matrix, that this is actually an uploaded instance of the Matrix, um, which is why they're able to move that oh. way. Yeah, and Chow Young Fat's character recognizes this um, Lee because he makes comments about how it's not real. You can let go of this. Uh, it, it like he moves on, and all he wants to do is you know be with Michelle Yeoh and, and just sit there and like, that's enough for them. So, um, yeah, Whoa. that, that this is an upload of the matrix environment. Um, and to go yeah. to go to the mountain that they keep talking about the Wadden and, and the training and all that, that is where you basically become mentally unplugged, right? You learn the secrets of mm. bending the spoon that there is no spoon. Um, and when you go there, when you learn that, that's where you're, able to break free even the endings of both these movies very similar of neo taking off and then jen also taking off in a similar way through the clouds um yeah it just the connections are so tight and for and uh just chronologically the way that they were released the 
it just made sense to me. So much more sense than a moon colony. <laughs> <laughs> that's solid. That's that's really good. I love that. Oh, I would love I would love for um, actually it's Sony, so I guess it's not gonna cross over. But I would love for them to just have a a Sony Warner Brothers uh, DVD package of just like get the Matrix a pentology <laughs> it's just it's uh it's this uh it's legend of the sword and then it's matrix one two and three <laughs> and they just like oh yeah. is this is this confirmed this is two different studios yes and sony's like we'll play with whoever that's <laughs> fine we just whoever wants to connect our stuff to your stuff we're in yeah yeah, and this was this was the this was the plan the whole time. Yeah, this was the plan. Everyone repeat. This was the plan. <laughs> this was the plan the, the whole time, the entire time. You scratch our back, we will thank you. Uh, yeah, it's crouching tiger, swinging spider. Yep, this was the plan the whole time. Plan the whole time. I, I was going to ask about that. The, I think this plays a little bit into headcanon. Yeah. Um. So the the title. Yes. Crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Mm-hmm. A- any thoughts on, on what? Um, what that means i i I have my own thoughts on it but i was curious what you think of that ricky so it's a quote from chinese mythology uh and it's uh basically referring to hiding your strengths from others um Mm. and the whole series actually has um a bunch of uh titles that because the it's called the crane iron pentology like the first uh the first novel in the crane iron series is Crane startles Kunlun. The second one is Precious Sword, Golden Hairpin. Third one is Sword Force, Pearl Shine. Uh, fourth one, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And fifth one, Iron Knight, Silver Vase. And so mm. each series has just kind of two kind of opposing uh, ideas or entities, especially like Precious Sword, Golden Hairpin. I'm like, what is that one about? That's... That's what I know the official meaning to be. Um, I think it also kind of talks about how um, the 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 perceived strength that lies in waiting. Um, I, I see it as like a crouching tiger is like a hidden dragon um, where like, you know, a tiger would be out on the prowl. Uh, but typically, from what I know about Lion King, um Animals that are on the prowl usually use their environment to hide until they are ready to pounce. Uh, and I noticed that a lot of characters within the movie do that. Uh, everyone has, like, I mean, they have all of this great strength, but they they themselves are being held back largely due to society of like um, Michelle Yeoh's characters. Like, yeah, I was I was betrothed to someone else. Uh, and then they died in battle and, you know, I fell in love with this other person, uh, Master Lee Mubai. Uh, he was a mutual friend of ours um, and we've fought together. We've looked out for each other, but they both won't admit their feelings for each other because they feel like, well, there is strength in, be, in having your hidden in, in having your feelings be hidden. Uh, but, uh, Lee Mubai basically says is like, oh, well, none of that is worth it. Like he basically comes to a point of like, 
well, I've reached the height of what I have been told uh, is the strength in holding back. But I'm realizing that I have to do this without Yushu Lin. And he he kind of breaks protocol. Uh, and so he, instead of being hidden with his feelings and his uh, thoughts about her, he uh, starts to break protocol, I should say. But then ultimately... Uh, in, in tragedy for him. Uh, staying with Jin, um, Jin's character uh, is hiding her strength uh, and her ability to fight, but she has she's being held back by society. And she's like, oh, well, I have to marry into this family that I really don't want to be married into. I really just want to be independent and I want to go live in the desert. I, I actually don't even think she wants to live in the desert uh, with, with her yeah, boo. I don't think the desert was the draw. <laughs> yeah, it was just... But she, it's anywhere. Yeah, she was tied you to the desert. Flip that cave. Yeah, but she she wants to be with Low. Uh and I it, but more than being with Low, I think she just wants independence. Uh and but all all of these people are um are kind of st- stuck with the the protocol of holding back um because that's what you are you are told to do. And so I think that that's kind of what the title is. It's kind of that that duality of like they are holding back this great power, which maybe I'll just throw it out there since it's headcanon is love. Uh, And and they're holding like the hidden dragon is love. Uh, And that uh, if they were to be more outwardly expressed with their love, um, that they have access to, uh, I think, a, a happier uh, more fulfilled experience. So, thanks for asking that. Wasn't prepared for any of that. No, that that's excellent. That's uh, yeah. It seems <laughs> like definitely all the key themes are represented there. So uh, yeah, thanks for for diving into that. Because in my mind, I was like, well, is it supposed to be a person? But mm. I think you're exactly right that those themes extend to multiple characters, which in this movie, like Master Lee and. Um, definitely Jen have this power and he recognizes it in her by saying that if we don't get her the training she needs, she will like, she will grow as a dragon. Um, and it's almost a little bit of like the Sith dynamic, right? Yeah. Where it's, if you can have, you can have it and use it one way or the other, but how you are attached to others and guided and, and, and hone that skill is incredibly important. Um, and to be isolated is very dangerous. Right. So I, I love all that. Yeah, the crouching uh, tiger aspect of the strength and then the hidden dragon being your intent to use that ability. Um, definitely a, a, an applicable lesson uh, for, for anyone. I mean, everyone has their own powers, their own strengths, and how we choose to use them is uh, uh, can be uh, you know, life-changing, even world-changing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, this movie has so many layers to it, which is so why you got to float between them. you got to just, <laughs> just jump, rise between each of the layers. Yep. All right, now we're going to go into the part of the show where we like to talk about recasts and remakes. Recasts, remakes. If you were to make this movie today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? I mean, I mean, we we go back to book one. I mean... Honestly, yeah. I, I would love for them to continue this series because everyone has aged amazingly. Uh, I would love for them to basically 
do what the machete order talks about and just like let like you release it in the order where basically you release book five first right and then we go back to like a flashback essentially with books uh i'm assuming one and two i don't know what happens in book five uh but book five is basically how it book ends and so we basically have uh book four extended flashback of one two three and then book five uh just to see the finality of however the series ends uh i think that that would be interesting mm. uh just the machete order for crouching tiger that's, yeah that's after cool. knowing yeah. well, nothing Michelle about she preferred a machete so it's good yeah <laughs> right, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, this is how it is yeah and uh yeah. so I, I would go with that i also think that um this was a video game uh so it is a franchise oh, yeah uh i i don't know how well it played uh, I know that it was an early 2000s PlayStation-type game, uh, so mm. it looks like an early 2000s PlayStation-type game, but I would so love... Unbeatable. <laughs> I would love to see the uh, open-world version of this game. Like, I, I'm yeah. thinking uh, kind of like op- like Spider-Man, uh, the PlayStation version of that, or... Um, the last of us a little bit but uh but you get to choose mm. who oh no like the arkham uh or the arkham series because uh, that fighting game mechanic of like you knowing where people are and having to like dodge and have that kind of fight mechanic i think it would be so fun to play i think that that open world uh mission would be really cool uh, and I also think that that way we have uh, – you have the potential to have flashbacks to these different moments that they talk about within the timeline between Master Lee and uh, Yushin mm. Lin. Like we can see their fights or their battles uh, together that they fought, and then you get to have – I, I just think that that could be a really fun uh, immersive story to play because uh, video games, you feel like you are – these people or that you are making the choices that these people are making uh especially like the last of us i'd be like no i'm not no the game ends here i'm not playing it anymore uh and i felt the same way watching this movie i'm just like no no let them let them be happy (laughs) don't move forward this is where the movie ends uh so i i think that that would be Uh, fade out right fade (laughs) out right fade out uh that's i think that would be a great uh remake and of and since all of the original cast is still you know acting and available yeah please everyone like return uh Mm. that would be great and if even if you just wanted to go into a limited uh animated series uh like a make it an anime uh i think that that would be really really fun but Seriously, just the live action version of this is what I think makes it so incredible. Uh, seeing these human beings move in ways that I didn't think human beings were capable of moving was yeah. fantastic. You'll believe a warrior can fly. <laughs> uh, I also went the video game route, uh, but VR wise, because oh. like I said, it is so immersive. But you know, you're going to get so many people jumping off their banisters by accident. And yeah. It's just going to be a disaster but um for the for the recasting I, I originally i was like oh donnie yen well netflix seemed to agree with me because that's who's in the sequel <laughs> yeah, like, yeah well great um but 
yeah, like you said, the original cast is so strong. I, I wouldn't want a recast. I would want to see a continuation of of this story. Um, it's also interesting because it, it, it does hit on so many um, classic genre beats mm. that to map it to different genres would be fascinating too. Yeah. Like to, this is more of like, I guess, a directorial recast and remake, but... Um, like seeing a similar story set in uh, like Western times, like the yep. Old West, American mm-hmm. Old West, and and just play around with that kind of feeling of a movie with different genres, uh, like put it in sci-fi. I mean, you start getting into Star Wars territory at that point, but it's I it works, and I would just like to see more of you know, this is the world plus this aspect, um, and then. You know, cinematography-wise, just really have the same kind of artistry that they were able to apply here. I, I think that is the best way to open up audiences to new genres is to to make it so beautiful it cannot be ignored, which is what they did here. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, now we're going to go into our final segment where we like to give you reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend the 2000 movie Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? I recommend Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, first and foremost, for Michelle Yeoh. I'm such a huge Michelle Yeoh fan that uh, just anything she's in is a win. Um, and her performance in this is absolutely stunning, along with the visuals of the cinematography. I mean, it makes sense why it won all the awards. Um, it It is showing locations that I know are on Earth, but are captured in such a way that it, it enhanced even the natural beauty of the place, which is ultimately when you're shooting landscapes, uh, what the cinematographer hopes for doesn't always get, but they, they got it every time on this one. Um, and that's just incredible. And being able to capture action in a way that is not disorienting, I think is really helpful. Um, that builds the story. Every shot is pieced together so intentionally that you never feel like that, that what a, what a blur, um, the only time that happens is intentional, and it's when they're in the trees. And even then, it's not a whirlwind, I don't know what's going on. It's a, oh, I feel like I'm floating with them mm-hmm. kind of feeling. So the way that they were able to translate a 2D medium to an experiential reaction, um, I think it's just masterfully done um, all the way through. And it just breaks you out of what you probably maybe normally watch like what i said about uh, as a kid i was so locked into a certain style of movies and was like oh i know to me movies meant one thing and then this totally expanded my understanding of what a film could deliver and so if you haven't seen it um i i highly recommend it for that reason alone of seeing something different seeing different types of movies and uh, understanding film in a different way and what it can do. And also, this movie was so influential for the, the 21 years since it's been out um, that it's been referenced and used in so many different ways that we couldn't even list them all here. Like, we we touched on, like, Tarantino, but Tarantino was also going back to films before this, where mm-hmm. this movie was using those influences. And so just understanding that cycle of influence and homage and using it and and building genres in a way and mixing genres to create something completely different i think you have to see classics like this to really uh it's more modern classic but still a classic to continue to um, build your own film literacy Mm -hmm. and and then finally i think there are just so many 
great lessons from this movie. Like the 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 quotes in it are uh, fantastic and and um, but grounded in a way where you're like that feels applicable to my life. Like how they lay out the rules for the warriors that the warriors has to have yes. rules: that's friendship, trust, integrity. And they say without those you don't survive long. That sets up very clearly the danger of isolation, right? And the danger of compromise, uh, what you stand for, what you hold sacred. And also, uh, here's another quote here. A sword by itself rules nothing. It comes alive only through skillful manipulation. And, you know, we, we have a saying of, you know, it's a, uh, uh, I'm going to butcher this saying now because I didn't prepare to say this, but just like it's a, a lazy craftsman that, blames his own tools right or it's a poor poor artist that blames his brushes like there's so many variations on that right um but it's so easy to blame the thing well i think as a as filmmakers and and uh content creators we fall into this trap a lot where we're like oh i need the better camera i need this equipment to do this it's like really like if you master the craft you can get so much mileage out of just a really simple camera, even mm-hmm. the simplest of cameras, if you know how to use it. And the opposite works, right? It, it's not about the sword in this. That's kind of mm-hmm. the thing that they're chasing. But it is the masterful use of the sword. Like any one of those guys in the restaurant uh, scene, if they had picked up the sword, would not have been able to use it um, like uh, Jin is able to because she is studied she is a student of this art form um and then finally the the last quote that i i thought was really uh powerful was uh be strong yet supple this is the way to rule um and that is said to a character that we really don't see much of it's it's the governor it's um it's the father of of jen is being told this um by the the keeper of this community and it even that with a with a bc level character in this movie um they they are learning things they are growing of okay i got to be strong but i also have to be flexible um and because of that no one in this movie feels like a caricature it feels like they are growing they're evolving um everybody learns something and applies that or rejects it uh, to one degree, and so because of that, it's not a it's not a stock movie. It doesn't have stock characters in it. Um, it has seemingly real people in a larger than life environment, and um, the movie's two hours long. I I wish it was twice as long, just so I could get that much more of this world. And Ang Lee did a masterful job at bringing all of these elements together. So if you have not seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I recommend you see it for those reasons. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we I mean, we spent a lot of time on this review uh, just talking about so many things about the movie without even touching. I feel on like major plot lines, uh, which I think is a credit to the movie. Like there's there's no one thing to spoil in this movie because there are so many things happening Uh that contribute to the overall story because like you have to know these characters right like you have to know these characters and their wants before you can even say like oh well this person does this thing like it's uh it's such a well written story with really rich and really empathetic characters 
uh, which is something that I, I know you said is technically not a classic because I, but I think it's timeless. This is a timeless story of um, independence, love, um, deciding what it is that you are going to fight for in life, uh, but also ultimately belonging. Um, every character feels like they are good at what they do, but they don't belong where they are uh, because they are holding back some part of themselves uh, and holding back part of what they want. And so uh, like each character is being acknowledged at some point in time for being as good as they are in whatever their field or craft is. Uh, but then they're like, yeah, I mean, sure. Like my calligraphy is great, but I want to be a fighter. I want to go out and, uh, you know, not live by anyone else's rules. And then when they finally do get that, they're like, ah, well, there, there are still rules here. Like I thought that was a really interesting thing that was happening with Jin's character is like Jin wanted to be an outlaw, but there's still a oh, rules and honor systems within being like, a fighter it's not just like yeah you go just go picking fights which is what she was doing in that big restaurant but people are like hey train me she's like what no it's like but that's what you do when you become the master like you you have proteges that you do she's like no like i i want to be the best that there ever was and that's i'm only looking out for me uh and so there's just so much to this movie that I could recommend, but ultimately I think it is uh, it is a visual roller coaster museum. <laughs> Welcome to the visual roller coaster museum. <laughs> because How's business, well, it has its ups and downs. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, because like it's it's as exciting as it is artful uh oh yeah huh? okay nice. see? yeah that's okay I'll, I'll, I'll... <laughs> and i'll stop there I'll stop while it makes sense it's exciting as it is artful hmm. i'm gonna sit with that roller coaster museum yeah oh <laughs> and that is our review of the 2000 movie or I should say the year 2000 movie, Crouching Tiger, comma, Hidden Dragon. Let us know what you remember about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon on our social media. On all social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, we are at Flashback Flicks. It would also mean so much to us if you could leave us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Pretty much anywhere an RSS feed is hidden, uh, you can find us there most likely. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was news to me. I was like, wait, we're, we're everywhere. <laughs> we're, we're on the we're, internet? We're, we're on the internet. Turns out, internet... <laughs> Pretty big place. Pretty big place. I learned something today. <laughs> On a scale of one to five, uh, I, I'd say tree balances for me. Tree I, balances. Yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're trying to branch out. There it is. There it is. <laughs> too stupid to be allowed. Uh, let us know what you think of our podcast. And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind.